Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to a special edition of Learning Unboxed. We are back with Hacking School Part 4. And today I have a special guest um, joining me, um, August Matani, who is a member of the PASS Foundation's research team, is here to help us have a conversation about the single biggest question I tend to get when we start talking about ways to hack school. So, August, thank you for joining us. Thanks for being here. Excellent. So let's recap a bit. In Hacking School Parts 1 through 3, we set the stage for thinking about school differently. Primarily, we took a moment to give ourselves permission to imagine, what if, in an effort to acknowledge where we have been and all of the hard work we have done to educate the masses, while at the same time recognizing that it's time for change. But change is difficult. It's hard sometimes to get started. And often it's even harder to see the direction in which to go. We can acknowledge something needs to be done, but it's not always crystal clear for us what that something should be. So let's set the stage a bit and recognize out loud how much work we have ahead of us. Let's recognize there are multiple sets of very real constraints along the way. And let's recognize that none of us have to make this journey alone. After all, we came to the profession of education because we love learning, and we love the joy of watching others learn as well. So if that's the case for you as an educator, then join us as we embark on an effort to transform school by linking learning to life. So let's be clear about where we're going at this point. We are making a shift to a fully applied problem-based learning ecosystem. Now, that's a lot to take in, and what the heck does that mean anyway? And as an educator, how do I get there? Let's all take a breath, and we will slowly get there together. We need to start with setting a foundation based on recognizing that if our students are engaged with the content that we are teaching, then they will never fully realize the power of knowledge. There are multiple factors tied to student engagement. We will work our way through those factors throughout this journey. And for now, know that engagement is tied to curiosity, which is tied to inquiry that then feeds to exploration and deep understanding. Ultimately, this is all just shorthand for transdisciplinary problem-based learning at its finest. Again, it's not easy to get there. You have to take small steps designed to scaffold the experience for all stakeholders for students, caregivers, teachers, administrators, and community. But before we really start to dig in deep to this shift, we need to get one thing out of the way. We need to acknowledge the question I get every single time, right out of the gate when I'm doing a professional development session. I like to call this, yeah, but. 
And I can tell you the story because it's happened a thousand times over and over again. I'm sharing the importance of problem-based learning, or PBL as we like to call it, during a professional development session. When a tentative, noble hand makes its way from the crowd to ask an important question. What evidence do we have that this works? Or maybe this sounds great and all, but I can't let it disrupt my preparation for our upcoming standardized testing. Both of these comments have me quivering, not out of fear, but out of excitement. We have evidence from multiple academic studies about the effect of PBL on classroom performance and standardized testing. And this data confirms my praise of problem-based learning even more. But I'll let you make that decision for yourself. So let's talk about what we know. August, help us out here. Thanks, Annalise. There has been strategic research on the fidelity of PBL as early as 1984. Also, there is ample evidence from a variety of published sources that PBL is beneficial to standardized testing scores. We will highlight three articles that show the effects of this teaching method within different age groups and class subjects. So let's get down to the numbers. For PBL in elementary school, a study led by Joseph Krechik, a professor at Michigan State University, investigated the effects of PBL on third grade students' content understanding. 46 schools in Michigan participated, half of which implemented a PBL curriculum for their science classes. With over 2,000 students in the analytical sample, an objective next-generation science standards-aligned assessment showed an 8% increase in student science achievement scores on average. These results account for differences in reading level, race, socioeconomic status, gender, and region. For PBL in middle school, the Learning Through Performance curriculum was developed at the Stanford Graduate School of Education by teachers and researchers. Its purpose is to promote project-based learning in sixth grade students in a way that follows next-generation science standards learning standards, while also giving the students opportunities to develop their math and language skills. Three years and 675 engaged students later, the results showed an average increase in performance for pre-post science assessments, as well as all three standardized tests. Those being the Smarter Balanced ELA and Math tests, as well as the California English Language Development Test. For PBL in high school, it's the same. Strong enough AP exam scores can earn students college credit in almost all national universities and are recognized by institutions in over a hundred other countries worldwide. The Knowledge in Action program is a project-based learning curriculum that was taught to thousands of 11th and 12th grade students at five urban school districts around the nation. Testing in AP US government and politics and AP environmental science show that students in Knowledge in Action classes were given more likely to have qualifying scores than the control group. The most notable finding from this study was the large success of Knowledge in Action teachers during their second year. Students in these classes 
were 10% more likely than the control group to score a three or higher on these AP exams. Although this evidence seems very promising, more rigorous research is needed. Specifically, math and English language arts have not been given as much attention in their current research. This is partly due to the misconception that PBL limits their ability to cover content and will hinder vital test scores, with fewer teachers willing to adapt their teaching methods there's naturally less data to help convince others. If this hesitancy towards problem-based learning applies to you, hopefully the data will convince you to give PBL a closer look. Thank you, August. You know, at the PASS Foundation, we are currently working on multiple projects that we hope will contribute to PBL research, recognizing all the pieces that August was sharing with us. So one such project is centered around how problem-based learning can contribute to students' positive STEM identity formulation, with particular importance on broadening participation, especially among those underrepresented students in these career pathways. We hope our work may contribute to the extant literature base by presenting valid and reliable evidence that PBL can be an effective tool to assist in positive STEM identity formulation. Another current project is related to the design and development of a STEM lending library, or STEM kits, as we like to call them. This program will serve our larger STEM identity work, but also will give schools throughout the Central Ohio region the appropriate materials to incorporate high-quality PBL projects into all of their respective learning environments, be that in school or after school. We will be collecting data on usage, including which kits are used regularly, by which schools, and for how long. And we will keep both in hopes to expand past reach, but also for quantifying kit impact. By cross-referencing this information with standardized tests, we could potentially identify uh, convincing correlations between PBL and elevated test scores. We are still in the beginning stages for both of these projects, but we are certainly excited about our plans for the future, and we'll share our findings as we learn more. So let's think about next steps. If you would like to give problem-based learning a try, then we encourage you to take a closer look at an annotated bibliography that we will attach to the show notes and will also be um, in a variety of places on our website. And we highly recommend giving all the Learning Unboxed episodes a listen to hear about innovative education in action. We also encourage you to check out an organization called Start Soul and the George Lucas Education Foundation as great PBL resources to get you started. For more information about PBL in general, please look to the PASS Foundation's website on our resources page. And for more information on how to implement PBL, we encourage you and your team to attend one of PASS Professional Development Programs or any other program you can find out there. There are also many STEM schools in the Central Ohio region that have successfully engaged in PBL that you can check out. At the PASS Foundation, we believe that problem-based learning should be incorporated into every school program, everywhere, and all the time. This is the best way to increase both accessibility and the quality of education for our youth. 
Please contact us if you have any ideas of how PASS can help you or your school engage in project-based learning. Much like all successful things in education, taking the appropriate actions to teach PBL is well worth the investment. So now that we have gotten that always asked first question out of the way, we can move on to the nitty-gritty details of making meaningful change in our practice. Stay tuned for Learning Unboxed Hacking School Part 5 as we continue to explore what's possible. And just a teaser, coming up next, we're going to start talking about the five Kevlar threads for positive change in education. These are going to be the five secret weapons, if you will, that every school needs along this journey to ensure that this educational transformation can be successful. So stay tuned for more. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.